Hello, this is Parul Agrawal and you're listening to Awaken Nation with Brad Solis. A huge shift is taking place on planet Earth. People seem to be waking up. Tired of the way things used to be, they are creating something brand new and changing the world we live in. My name is Brad Zalas, and I get to sit down with the next generation of idea makers, the disruptors, and the game changers. Everyday people, just like you and me, from all over, who are doing amazing things. Welcome to Awakened Nation. So, I'm excited to have you on, Pearl. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Brad. Thank you so much for having me. Good, good. I want to read some of your bio here. Uh, Parul Agrawal is an author, bestseller, launch expert, and host of Corporate Wellness Podcast. She holds two master's degrees. This is mind-blowing. You have two master's degrees in engineering from Arizona, Arizona State University, uh, and you worked as a research scientist at ASU and an engineer for Intel Corporation, the Intel Corporation. And... Uh, We'll go into more of your bio, but I think your story is so much more interesting and leads into your bio much, much more. Um, and we've been working together and talking, but what I love about you is you were following the path. You want to talk about this a little bit? You were following the path that you were supposed to follow because you're a good Indian girl uh, who's got to do everything the right way according to family, am I correct? And you're living near one of the top engineering colleges in the world in India. So uh, tell our listeners a little bit about this because our theme on Awakened Nation is how people woke up, followed their intuition, and created a new dream, a new way of living. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, um, uh, things have changed now over the last 15 years or so, but uh, while growing up, especially in my town, which is uh, the educational town, so to speak, uh, which houses the most popular engineering college in the country, either you end up becoming an engineer or a doctor. And um, uh, we don't have too many options. Even um, uh, as we are entered the high school, we only have, uh, of course, we have our English, uh, languages, literature, and all those common history, geography. But when it comes to streams, we only have two. Uh, in my school, we only had two. One was uh, mathematics and the other one was biology. So it, it's essentially you have to decide in 10th grade if you really have to follow the engineering path, you either take mathematics in 11th grade or you take uh, biology. If you are super brainy, which some of us were, I was not. They take both because they wanted to keep their stream options open. So th that was a natural path. And actually, you know, um, it was not something that was forced upon me. I grew up in this culture. I saw people, you know, studying um, engineering, becoming engineers, getting a good job. And I was kind of comfortable with that fact, you know. Uh, it, uh, it was not... Uh, something that my parents or my culture or society was forcing on me. But I, never, but I didn't know anything better, so to speak. <laughs> right. So you were sort of on automatic is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, like an autopilot, absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's funny. So uh, explain to me, because we've talked about this, you, you 
had all your degrees done. You're about to sign all the paperwork entering into the corporate market, but you got this strong nudge, this strong intuition. Uh, let's talk about that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, um, I, I was doing my master's and uh, I'd all, all, always been an A great student and um, very good in whatever I do. And obviously, you know, um, getting a job was not an issue. But then as I was um, working as an intern for this company for some time, I would see all these women who were, uh, you know, I, I, I was probably in my late 20s at that point of time, but I would see all these women who were in their late 30s and their late 40s, and uh, they look, um, you know, uh, tired, not so enthusiastic about life, um just drained out essentially and at that point you know um i something kept telling me you know 10 years or 15 years down the line that's not the life that i am looking for myself you know yes right now it might be really uh, exciting because you have your dream job i mean like come on you have been you know studying all your life to get that job uh, and now you have it in your hands so it was sort of living your dream but there was this inner nudge that kept saying hey maybe this is not the right thing maybe there is something else at the same time you know uh, because I was studying and I was also working I would eat uh, you know anything essentially not taking care of my health would eat uh, sugar coated donuts and sugar co you know, <laughs> coffee for my 4 p.m. slump and it was easy wait, you know you wait, are wait, wait 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 are you saying you became an american is that what you're saying i i you know honestly i did because here coke is cheaper than buying a glass of water you know so obviously i did and also because i had got married i came to us only after getting married and um, i don't know it was that psychological thing that okay now i'm married i have found the person i don't really need to take care of my body so much you know it's not, <laughs> i'm not here attracting any guy so let me eat it you know so I, and obviously you know when you're driving in the college and universities you have all these kiosks you know which have starbucks coffee or maybe you know cereal something which is handy and quick to carry right. right exactly you do what all the other students are doing i get it yeah so i would i would i don't know any better so i would just you know pump myself up would go for all these sugar stuff and i gained a lot of weight and i could see that you know not only i had gained a lot of weight but uh, at the same time okay i would have a job and everything yes that's great but if i continue my life like that you know that's not the life i wanted to lead so there was this inner thing that kept saying, no, no, this is not the right thing to do. So, so many, actually a lot of incidents happen at the same time. You know, it was not just one particular incident. Uh, while I was, you know, in 2009, while I was like, you know, about to land a job, my father also uh, had a major heart attack and he lives in India. So I had to be with him for almost three months, you know, taking care of him. And at that time, you know, I decided, even though I'm like so far, nothing should be stopping me from being with my parents when they need me. Right. You know, um, and I wanted like at least two or three months every year to be with them. So 
that flexibility obviously you cannot ask for in a full-time corporate job your maximum you get is like maybe four weeks five weeks but i i wanted like my time and at that point i decided okay you know if i work now i have two options do i go and get that dream job that i have been waiting for all my life work for somebody else and you know um disappoint uh, myself that i've not been able to take care of my health take care of my parents take care of the things that are really important to me or forget about the lucrative money forget about hundred thousand dollars annually and live the life that i really want to lead so that i do not have regrets when i go to my deathbed and obviously the second option even though money wise was not very lucrative internally the voice was saying yes this was the right path to take wow so you followed your inner nudge this inner voice that was telling you loud and clear this is not the path for you in this life uh, yeah i mean i'm like okay you know yes i might earn but what will i do with all this money if my health is not in my hands. My parents, you know, when they need me, they cannot be with me. I mean, what will I do with all this money staying in my bank, right? right. I, so rather, you know, live the life to the fullest and um, do what I really wanted to do. And I also realized, okay, I have studied all, you know, I had studied and, you know, that was the natural progression. But I, I never really enjoyed it, so to speak. You know, I knew, okay, I was a good student because I was hardworking. I mean, anybody who works hard in any field, they excel. So that, but I never thought that I fit in that environment. You know, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Now, tell us a little bit, because I, I love your story because uh, I'm into health and juicing and things like this, but you went on, uh, uh, you pursued holistic studies. Uh, did did part of your dad having a heart attack did that inspire you to want to do that as well no no i was actually into uh, holistic studies way before that and that was another reason because when i had gained so much weight um i i entered like a boot camp to lose weight get healthy and i looked at this lady who was offering the boot camp and i thought to myself you know if this lady can teach why can't i teach you know why can't i uh, you know also learn at the same level that she is so instead of like joining a personal trainer or somebody i actually ended up joining a school for personal training where they teach you to become personal trainers it's like wow. a diploma program a six months eight months diploma program and i entered into the school um they did taught me about um, uh, exercise specifically but also some part of it was nutrition and then while i was in this program i had to go to india to be with my dad and whatever i had learned in that uh, three weeks or four weeks i was only like three weeks into the program kind of helped my father more than whatever i had learned in like 20 25 years of my engineering degree so wow. and that also was another wake-up call like hey you know this is some knowledge that i could actually use to save somebody's life same my family's you know life and future and that was another kind of a wake-up call that told me this is something that i really wanted to do and that was the beginning but i ended up you know uh, perfecting my skills and i joined a lot of programs uh, in holistic nutrition after that 
Wow. Uh, for those of you who are listening in, I want you to pick up uh, Perul's book, Juicing for Healthier Families. And the subtitle is great, Simple Everyday Recipes You'll Love for Greater Energy, Vitality, and a Longer Life. And she's talking about how she ditched the engineering, the corporate job world to become uh, this amazing health uh, coach and practitioner uh, who lives her brand. So uh, let's keep going. I want you to talk about how you started to get the passion up and going. You were excited um, to learn. Uh, you know, we've talked privately many, many times, and in the green room, you were just jazzed to, like, like you were hungry for this. Am I correct? Yeah, uh, of course. I mean, uh, you know, and uh, and then I realized this was my newfound passion because. Uh, if somebody asked me to read an engineering paper, I would like drool and snooze and get sleepy. But this was something that I could go on and on and research, you know, and I would never get tired of researching and learning new stuff. So I, I and obviously, you know, this was something that I could use straight away to improve my health. So um, I started doing, uh, you know, I, I enrolled into this program, started offering some kids camps because I always felt uh, it's an important knowledge that we need to impart to our kids, they being the future of our country, of our world. So I started offering these kids camps. And then at the same time, I uh, got pregnant and had my first son. Uh, I mean, my, my son at that time. And then again, you know, I wanted to lose weight after he was born, but the right way, you know, lose all the weight, right. uh, not go on diets, not do something really, you know, dramatic. So at that point of time, you know, I started juicing essentially uh, because I had learned about juicing, the benefits of it. So I started juicing and making smoothies for myself because um, while I was nursing him, I thought, you know, this would be the best way to not only lose weight, but also give the right kind of nutrients to him. So, and then I started blogging about it on a daily basis. You know, I, I went on a juice detox and I started blogging about it. And then uh, somehow the blog got the eye of uh, people from different recreational centers. In, uh, I live in Arizona, so different recreation centers in Phoenix. Um, you know, those, uh, the valley essentially, and right. they contacted me and they asked me if I would like to offer some courses, you know, on juicing to their pat patrons. And I jumped on to this opportunity because not only I was, uh, uh, you know, I had the educational skills because of my holistic background. I also had the experience because of my personal, uh, you know, use of juices and stuff. So I, offer I, I mean i jumped onto this offer and then uh once i started offering these classes um you know these were like two works two hour long workshop where i would teach them how to juice and how to you know take care of the juices prepare and everything now they started asking for more like they started asking for more recipes maybe some more instructions because those two hours were not essentially enough and that point i decided to write a small handout that I could give to them after my class was done. But when I started writing, it essentially, I kept writing and it became like a book, you know, which I published right. uh, with um, title Juicing for Healthier Families. And um, I know Elizabeth is there in the room. She's a big, big, uh, you know, 
yes, she's supporter because she helped me. Your work, with it. Yes. Yes, yes, she, she helped me get it out. <laughs> Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Well, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a heck of a book. I mean, I think more and more families, part of the theme on Awakened Nation is people who woke up and wanted a new way of living. And I think more and more people are just eating healthier. And I see this next generation. Um, if you look, they've been raised on sushi more than McDonald's. My right. generation was raised at McDonald's and Kentucky Fried Chicken, things like that, and we didn't see anything wrong with it. And if you go into any sushi restaurant on a Friday at 5 or 6 o'clock, you will see a lot of 17 to 19-year-olds in the restaurant. That means there's been a shift in consciousness. And people are concerned about what they put in their mouths, and they're concerned about their health. And I think you're on the cutting edge of this, and you've been on television, you've been in Forbes magazine, the Huffington Post, and uh, you write for Thrive Global, am I correct? Yes, I do, yes. So uh, this is an important subject that I think you're on the cutting edge of. And uh, for any, any of our listeners, what do you recommend on how they get started with this? Because this isn't just about, as you said, it's not just about losing weight, it's about being healthier. Right. And my, my mission was never uh, like essentially to lose weight. You know, that comes as a byproduct. I see my, my whole goal was to be more energetic, be more, uh, you know, uh, available to my son because he was born at that point of time. And most importantly, like inculcate the right eating habits in him. And I do see a huge difference in him because, you know, if I, let's say, you know, I, I don't sit on him as a food police telling him, you know, eat this, not eat, eat that. Right. But I see that, as you mentioned, they're more conscious. You know, he has this understanding. And um, let's say if he eats too much of uh, cakes and pastries and stuff like that, and he only tells me, okay, mommy, I had too much of sugar today. Let's, you know, balance it out and let me like have a salad or an apple or something, you know. So I think, you know, as long as we all of us, rather than being scared of it, you know, like, okay, I have to do it because your doctor told you or because your right. mom asked you to do it. Have that awareness, have that conscious thinking, you know, that um, it's important to take care of your health. It's important to, you know, uh, make small changes. It doesn't have to be big, you know, you can still continue eating what you are. But even if you incorporate like maybe one green juice in your daily routine uh, that is giving you all the nutrients and the minerals and the vitamins that are needed for the day even that is a good start right. you don't have to go cold turkey and drop down everything leave everything change your lifestyle just make small changes maybe like if you're eating you know the 21 meals in a week right if you're eating seven days three meals a day just make sure that you're eating at least 18 or 19 at home and maybe two or three you can enjoy right. you know as a family outside so i think those small steps can go a long way i agree and i'm gonna we'll go back in time a little bit i grew up in a small town and i consider myself an american kid you know just like your children consider themselves american and but i have an immigrant last name you know my last name is hungarian and where I grew up, it's all German and Irish American kids, you know, that everybody had the Smith as a last name or Howard or whatever. So the other kids who had the immigrant last name like me were the Greek kids. And I always noticed that we wound up at someone's family restaurant 
and we were eating healthy. We were eating, um, yeah, we were eating American foods, but when I came home, my Hungarian grandmother was making our ethnic foods, you know, the Hungarian food, which is thick and heavy sometimes. It's made for living in cold mountain regions right. of Hungary. So I want to talk to you. You're obviously an immigrant family that's come to the United States, and your children are being raised American. So how do you balance the, your cultural foods from India that you love and you grew up with and are very healthy with your children sneaking home once in a while and you hear them eating something at, let's say, a friend's house, and you just cringe because you would never serve that? How do you balance that? As a mom. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, um, at home we always cook Indian food. You know, that's the only food I know how to cook. Maybe that could be right. another reason. So, and um, we so are vegetarians. It it. It's not Indian food to you, it's food. You know, it's, yeah, exactly. We, we I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And, okay. uh, you know, I, um, so that's first thing. And uh, we are vegetarians. We never eat meat, you know. I mean, I okay. never had it as a child. And we try to, you know, just uh, follow the same with my kids. Of course, you know, if they go out to the school and they want to eat it, then I will not like again sit there as a food police and ask them not to. But I think all started with just education, essentially. Just right. telling him, okay, you know, uh, and not just telling him, oh, we don't eat it because we follow this practice or we are religiously inclined to that culture. No, just tell him like, okay, maybe, you know, the health benefits of eating a vegetarian food. And we think that the kids are kids, so they will, uh, they will not understand, but they do. You know, they really do understand. And, and then, so my uh, son now knows like, okay, you know, uh, he doesn't have to eat or, um, I mean, he, if, he doesn't eat. I mean, if you go to a restaurant, if it's smelling really of uh, uh, too much of uh, fish or barbecue and stuff like that, he starts... Uh, he's not comfortable in that place and he, he uh, you know, wants to get out of that place. So at least, you know, it all starts with essentially um, education. And if we are going out, let's say, of course, in birthday parties, we have the traditional pizzas and pastas and um, right. cakes and stuff like that and ice creams. And I don't stop him essentially to eat all those. Um, but at the same time, they know like if they have to go out to a birthday party in the afternoon or the evening in the morning there uh, you know he should be making the right kind of choices and eating maybe more fruits and vegetables so it's all about i think balance again right you know well, yeah it, it makes me laugh because uh, i started to notice right around in my late 20s early 30s that if i had let's say a cheeseburger with milk a milkshake which is a, an american thing cheeseburger with french fries and a milkshake i'd have a headache the next day yeah. And it was because I was getting a lot of mucus in my system and it was, you know, cutting off the blood circulation. And then as I got older, I started to realize, well, I really shouldn't be eating pizza because pizza is not for me. Uh, I love it, uh, but I, I ordered alternatives when I go to a restaurant now. It's an Italian restaurant. I will get the meatballs. But I think a lot of people don't pay attention to what they put in their mouth. So they'll eat pizza with pepperoni and mushrooms on it. And then later on, they'll have ice cream, and maybe they'll have another cheesy snack later, and then they'll wonder why they have a headache uh, the next day. Or they, they, maybe they, they are constipated for three days, uh, and things like that. It's, it's really about becoming aware. Am I right? So, uh, you want to walk us through? Because you're the professional on this. What it, walk us through what you think uh, just helps people to pay attention a little bit more 
to their uh, dietary choices? Uh, you know, um, that's a very good question. I think uh, the most important thing is they need to be more aware and listen to their bodies because your body gives you all the answers. As you just mentioned, you know, if you eat something, you would have a headache all of a sudden. Or if you eat too much of, uh, let's say, those pizzas because they are not made with whole wheat. If they are not made of whole wheat, then they are made of like white wheat. It right. is too heavy and dense on the system. Then you can also, plus all the cheese that you have, you can become easily constipated. And yes. you're not able to, you know, for pass your bowel movements easily. So I think, uh, you know, um, look at uh, your food and see if there is a balance of essentially, I wouldn't count like carbs, proteins all the time because that's not ideal yeah. essentially. But at least, you know, do you have enough greens or enough vegetables in the plate? And at the same time, you have all these pizzas and stuff like that, you know. Sure. I mean, eat. I mean, you also. Now, you know, as a mom, my thinking has kind of changed. And also because just like you, I'm also, um, you, uh, you know, trying to be more spiritual. I call myself a student of spirituality. Uh, I think, you know, yes, we need to follow certain rules when it comes to food. But we also need to you know, enjoy life, essentially, especially <laughs> yeah. enjoy life with the people Absolutely. who love, right? So not, you know, and also like honor the food, essentially, you know, because I have seen in my culture and a lot of cultures, if you honor the food, if you see that, uh, you know, there is this divine force or energy, then even if you eat one bite, First and foremost, you know, you will be energized for the entire day. You do not need to hog. And secondly, even if you eat a lot, but if you're eating it with consciousness, it will not affect your body the same way right. as you would eat if you were just unaware and hogging the food. <laughs> so <laughs> so I yeah. think being aware of... Um, and respecting the food, being aware of where it is coming from, being aware of how you're putting it into your mouth. You know, I have now asked my son to focus on his chew, on his bite, you know. So chew every bite as many times as he can. So he came up with this number 32. He's like, you know, I'm chewing my food 32 times. So every bite essentially 32 times. So I'm like, okay, you know, that's good because he's like the 32 teeth and I have to chew 32 times. So I'm like, okay, good. Chew your food. So, you know, if you're taking time to chew your food, sit down and eating it, then um, and, and look at the plate. Is it giving you excitement, you know, or not? Because if you look at the uh, um, you know, picture of fruits and vegetables that makes you hungry, you know, you would want to eat. Is it making you salivate, you know? If you're right. salivating, looking at your plate and you're salivating till you are done with your plate, then that means your food must be good. But sometimes yeah. when you eat pizza and you eat too much sugar, you might salivate for the first two bites and then you're like, oh, it doesn't taste that good now. It's too salty or too sweet. Then that means, you know, you need to stop then and there. Yes. But I think you said the best thing, you know, listen to your body. I know this uh, probably about a year ago, I was looking unhealthy and I realized I was drinking uh, two to three cups of coffee per day and I was eating 
lots of meat and, you know, going out a lot. And I started to realize I had to change my way. And the first thing I did was I did a, a, a cleanse, a kidney cleanse, and I did potassium broth for 10 days. And it was just all these uh, vegetables that you put in, like beets and onions and things like this. And I sipped on that, and uh, it reset my whole system. And I look completely different now because of that. I lost weight. My skin came back. Uh, I look a lot healthier. And uh, all it did was I realized if I did 70% vegetables vegetarian for the week, and I, I eat meat. I come from Pennsylvania originally, uh, a land of hunters. Uh, so I, uh, I've eaten meat my whole life, but I realize I have to cut back on it. It's, it's not as healthy uh, for us as we get older to just you know, eat without thinking. And because I grew up in a, a hunting community, we always knew that this animal had given its life for us. Nobody ever treated it like, ah, we're just eating a lot of meat. Because I know the, the meat industry has gotten a lot of flack through the years. But what happens is I'm becoming more aware of the quality of what I'm eating. Um, I'm cutting back on meat and putting more vegetables into my diet. And it has made a huge shift. So you're a parent. I really want to focus on, because I think there's going to be a lot of busy moms and parents who are going to be listening to this. Where do you start when you have kids that have gotten so used to having a bottle of Coca-Cola in their refrigerator and uh, potato chips and Cheetos and all these other name brands and junk food? Where does a parent begin to pull back the reins and start to create something that's incredibly healthy for their family? Good question, Brad. I think the first step is to not buy any of those food products and keep them in their pantry on refrigerator. Because if, and you know, just stock your fridge with fruits and stock your pantry with the healthy stuff. That's what I do. That's the simplest way we could do. Because, you know, when the kids get hungry, they will eat and they will only eat what's available. If it's, and you know, they might be cranky if they're used to drinking Coke and stuff. They might, you know, throw tantrums for a few days and stuff like that. But that's okay, you know, um, because eventually they will know that they do not have an option and they have to eat right. what is available, right? But at the same time, it doesn't mean that you have to make all these things and they do not. Um, and they have to taste bland because you can always make a smoothie and it tastes really great. Uh, and with kids, uh, you don't even have to worry about adding uh, more vegetables. You can just make it really sweet and tasty and delicious by adding like a lot of sweet fruits like acai, mango, uh, right. you know, all your berries, bananas. And even though you do not add sugar, it tastes so good that uh, even my 18-month-old daughter, if I give it to her, she will drink the whole thing. You know, she'll drink like <laughs> 8 to 10 ounces of glass. You know, sometimes I buy it from Whole Foods. So, you know, um, uh, just make those. Um, and kids do essentially um, what they see, right? right? So try to inculcate those habits and changes in yourself and then they will follow it. I mean, I, I sometimes parents tell me, oh, my kid only drinks Coke because probably you only drink Coke and that's what he has seen. You know, he has growing, yeah. grow, grown up seeing. So, you know, you have to make those changes and then your kids will follow. That is true. That is so true. I mean, it's rough. You know, when you have a teenager in the house, let's say there's always soda in the house. They want their favorite things, but I find if you wean them off of things without them knowing, it kind of helps. And you start to make 
more vegetables instead of certain things and rather than right. heavy sauces and heavy pastas you you pull that back and you, and you substitute maybe you go from coca-cola to healthier juices like apple cider is actually more neutral uh, as a juice than let's say orange juice for spiking your sugar so you can pull back slowly right and, and there is always this uh, perrier water the sparkling water that we get and we can mix it let's say in summer months we can mix it with um uh, watermelon and mint and we can make like a real uh, quick smoothie or a slush kind of thing That's and it actually idea. tastes like coke because now we have the carbonated uh, uh, you know carbonation from the sparkling water but it has no sugar nothing additive right. plus we have the flavor from uh, watermelon and mint so you right. know though and also um, i always tell moms like if your kids are not into greens, you could always sneak in the greens, right? Yes. So the easiest yeah, yeah, way yeah. would be uh, to make, uh, um, let's say if they want to make uh, a juice, which is pineapple and kale juice. So even though it uh, adds it or and add a little bit of beet, so it looks red, but uh, you're getting the flavor of pineapple, but you're getting the benefits of kale. So, right. you know, few things you kind of be creative. Uh, of course, uh, uh, my son is not a teenager yet, so we'll see, wait and watch, you know, it's right. easier to say than actually, right. you know, lead and follow. But I think because I have inculcated those habits in him right from his childhood, he will probably make the conscious choices once right. he's into his teen years as well. I agree with you. I think the parent uh, sets the tone. I helped raise my nephew and Sebastian is now 27. And uh, every once in a while, we'll go out to eat, and he'll be like, where do you want to go? And I know he wants to go to Burger King and McDonald's, because that's where all his friends used to go when he was a teenager. And I'll look at him, and we have something called Panda Express out here on the West Coast and, and yes. Southwest. Um, because I know I can go get my kale and broccoli mixture. They have the super greens. Yes. And so I will drag him there, or we'll go to Chipotle and make, just make better choices as a parent now i i know he's 27 he's a man now he can do what he wants but i'm sort of his uh, like his dad you know I, i'm around all the time and I'm, I'm there for him even though i'm his uncle so i try to steer him into different um, choices so like if we go out to uh, a place like miller's ale house to watch a football game or watch a fight uh i'll order uh the, the fajitas instead of a big plate of of nachos or something so right. these are little choices that you can make and for you you know you go out to these different restaurants it must be hard to find a vegetarian restaurant uh, in Arizona for you or is that kind of easy is that kind of standard no that's not true actually and you know that's uh, that everybody <laughs> asks me that you know uh, how, how do you maintain your vegetarianism and even like veganism and it's not very difficult all restaurants um, uh, like my, my husband travels to Taiwan a lot these days and Korea and, uh, you know, um, and forget now, I remember my grandfather uh, when I was little, this is like maybe 30 years back, he would travel to all these different countries. I mean, he was a world traveler and um, he is a very, very, he was, I mean, he's no, uh, no longer here on planet Earth, but he was a very strict vegetarian uh, vegetarian person. And even during that time, he would actually uh, maintain, um, you know, his uh, dietary uh, habits. You know, I think um, 
you know, fruits and vegetables are readily available everywhere. So it's not, it's, it's, um, uh, we cannot say that, hey, fruits and vegetables, we cannot find anywhere. You can always find it. And even in salads, most of the time, if you have to go out and you can always add, order a salad and most of the time they it's not a pre-made salad if you're going to a good restaurant they add everything you know so you can always ask them not to add uh, you know certain things like fish and meat and stuff like that sometimes you can also ask them not to add any dressing and you can always ask them to bring like maybe olive oil or lemons on the side and then you can you know add it on your own so it's it's easy, you know. I mean, bread, you can always order bread if you are into eating uh, bread and stuff. Um, of course, uh, you know, uh, these days, uh, like you mentioned, chipotle. Now, chipotle has two versions of beans. One is the black beans and other one is the refried beans. So the black beans have no meat at all. They just boil it and uh, the lemon rice has no meat, you know. They don't boil right. it in chicken broth or anything. So if you ask the right kind of questions, they will tell you. So like one day I went to Panda Express with my son and I asked them, you know, if you have anything vegetarian. So what they told me here was they do not have anything vegetarian. They don't call call themselves quote unquote vegetarian, but they call themselves meat free. The difference being because they have the same kitchen, they are making in the same works and using the same utensils. So sometimes it's possible that they're mixing utensils and stuff like that. So quote-unquote, it's not vegetarian, but, you know, you can order uh, like the broccoli and stuff, which doesn't have meat added to right. it. So, uh, you know, asking the chef, asking the people who are serving you uh, helps you a long way. It is, you know, just ask some questions because I, I do know some friends of mine who are uh, kosher. And so they don't, they have separate utensils for the meat and the milk. You know, everything has to be separate. So just asking how food is prepared will will help you uh, when you go out and pick your choices. If you're going to do fast food, find the ones that actually have vegetables on the menu. <laughs> exactly. Like sometimes we, we never go to McDonald's here. I don't think we have been. Maybe one time when I was driving to Vegas from Phoenix, there was nothing in between. So we had to stop at uh, a McDonald's, but we just ended up eating the bun with the cheese. Uh, but like Subway is there and they do have like, you know, a lot of uh, vegetarian options. Right. So uh, again, it all boils down to asking the right questions and, you know, being comfortable telling people that, yes, these are your, uh, you know, dietary restrictions, so to speak. Sometimes people are hesitant, but, you know, you just cannot be. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I want to thank you for being on the show. How do people uh, get in touch with you? Uh, so uh, they can get in touch with me my website is uh, paruleagrawal.com um, and uh, I'm on social media by author parul which is A-U-T-H-O-R author parul it's spelled as Paul with an R in center P-A-R-U-L yes go to www.parulagrawal.com parul agrawal Agrawal. Say that again. Agrawal. Agrawal yes. It's there like Agra. Agrawal. <laughs> yeah. Agrawal. Agrawal. And so uh, you also, I, I see here, you were honored by being on the list of uh, 30 change makers in India for the year 2008. Congratulations for that. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was uh, really an honor. <laughs> A great honor. So 
at the end of the show, I always like to ask our, uh, my guests uh, a couple of questions that are outside of the norm, and they're just lightning round. Whatever you feel like answering, you answer. Um, but aside from your native foods, what's your favorite food now that you're in America? Uh, you know, uh, I I have to say it's uh, pita hummus or the Greek version, Mediterranean kind hummus. of food. Yes. Yes, Mediterranean food is delicious. Yes. Oh, I love it. And uh, uh, what do you now that you've come to America? What do you find fun? What are the because you've come from two very different cultures from India where you grew up and now you're in America. What is the thing in America that that you you just love? What are you fascinated? You know, I love that uh, people here are from different parts of the world so you see that cultural differences and you are you know different but still all same so right. as you mentioned you know what is your different uh, what, what different kind of cuisines do you like so you can experience all these different kind of cuisines you can experience different kind of cultures you get to learn different kind of languages you know it's like a big world but in a uh, you know in a country essentially <laughs> Well, they used to call us the melting pot of the world. Exactly. And, uh, a lot of people yes. don't realize, yeah, if you go to Japan, almost everybody there is Japanese. Yes. And, yeah, you come here and I can go to neighborhoods in Brooklyn where Italians, Germans are living there, Hungarians, uh, people from Czechoslovakia, uh, Filipino neighborhoods, and, and Haiti. Uh, you go to, yeah, I mean, it's, it's astounding. Uh, and I love that melting pot aspect. That's one thing I like about in Las Vegas as well. Uh, yeah, here, exactly. Here's the last question. If you had all the money in the world uh, and you were fine, set for life, what would you really want to do? Oh, <laughs> I wish, you know, uh, if I had all the money in the world and life was set, I would actually just go maybe to the Himalayas or a retreat center. And I would just, as I mentioned earlier, I'm like a student of spirituality. So I would just yes. learn spirituality, meditate for hours and hours and just try to evolve myself to a better 5D consciousness. There you go. Fantastic. Parul, thank you so much for being on. Uh, Awakened Nation. Everybody go pick up her book, Juicing for Healthier Families. You can find it on Amazon.com and also go to her website www.haruagrawal.com and we'll have that in the uh, notes and on the main page for the show. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> take care. Bye-bye. Bye, you too. Bye, Elizabeth. Bye. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for being a big part of the Awakened Nation movement. This is how you can help me and our extraordinary guests. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please share it out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let's grow this movement by word of mouth. Our success will be because of you. Thank you, and see you next week.